welcome. This is Connie Reagan Green, and you're here with another series in our in our podcast. Today, I have the pleasure of speaking with Denise Wakeman, who's one of the foremost leaders in the areas of blogging and visibility. Thank you so much for joining us, Denise. Well, I'm extremely pleased to be here, Connie, since, especially since we've known each other for such a long time. So this is we an honor have. for me. Well, thank you. You're one of the very first people I connected with in 2006, mm-hmm. and I was intrigued by blogging. And up until that time, I was a classroom teacher before, and my only experience had been with blogger. And one day, and I wrote a few silly little things for my uh, science and, and math program I was doing, and one day I thought it was fun to press the button that would translate my blog, and I translated it into German. And everyone thought it was so wonderful, except I speak some Spanish, but I don't speak any German. (laughs) And I finally clicked a certain button, and everything disappeared. And someone came over and said, oh, no, you didn't click that one, did you? And I said, well, I didn't know what it was. That was to my delete my blog entirely. Oh, no. (laughs) And that was the end until I found you a few months later in 2006, and you were doing training So tell us a little bit about how you got started and how you got to that point where you were teaching people what to do with blogs. Okay, well, it's a kind of a convoluted path, but um, I started working on the web in 1996 uh, with my former husband. We started a, we had a coaching business in rural Ontario, Canada, and we realized very quickly that our audience was not uh, in our neighborhood because in that part at that time coaching meant hockey so we realized that we needed to um, expand our reach and so we started using the web and we had one phone line one dial-up phone line so we lived on a hundred acre property and it was very very rural like 45 minutes from any town basically and it's like, well, if we're going to be successful, we need to get on the web. And so I started spending literally just about every minute I could grab access to that phone line, um, learning about uh, the web and having a website built and doing tons of research on how to market online. And at the time, there was very few people doing it. That was the be- kind of the beginning of using the web as a commercial marketing tool. So I learned a lot, and I just fell in love with working on the web. I fell in love with marketing on the web and doing research and learning everything. So uh, we ended up building a successful six-figure coaching business, and um, then things changed, and I moved back to Los Angeles, and I realized that everything I had done to build that business um, with my ex-husband, I could do for other people and myself. So I started a um, consulting business about uh, on, for online marketing. And one of my clients came to me and, one day and said, oh, I started a blog. Uh, oh, <laughs> that's nice. <laughs> <laughs> and up to that point, I had known, that about, I had known about blogs because uh, this was 2004, and it was at the time of the uh, U.S. presidential election, and one of the candidates, uh, Howard Dean, one of the candidates, he was a candidate for the Democratic primary, and he was one of the first to really use the web as um, a tool to create awareness of his campaign, and he was using blogs. So I knew about blogs from a political standpoint and an entertainment standpoint, but I had never thought of them as a marketing tool. 
And when this client came to me and said, you know, I started a blog, I knew she was not tech savvy and I knew that I would need to help her. And so I started a blog on TypePad. That was the only um, blogging platform I knew about at the time. And, you know, I had it set up in five minutes and I just had this huge realization that this was the tool. This was a tool for service professionals, independent solopreneurs to level the playing field because instead of having to pay, you know, five, ten thousand dollars to have a website designed and being kind of held hostage by web designers <laughs> and I say that with love. I mean I, yeah. I use web designers but you know, sometimes they're just not available or they charge a lot of money and all you need is one sentence changed, you know? Mm -hmm. And a blog changed all that because it was very easy to get your content published on the web in a few minutes. Now, of course, things have evolved tremendously since then, and you know you want to be strategic about it, and you want to have something that's well designed and um but you can find a template that reflects your style and install that on the web now and be up and running with a blog in a few minutes and you have complete control over your own virtual real estate. You can hire people to help you, but you don't have to and that just was such a huge, huge. Um, thing to me that that um, I was evangelizing all over the place, and my business really started changing at that time because I was publishing content on a regular basis. And my first t uh, blog was Biz Tips Blog, which I no longer publish on. But um, I, I have remember when you ended that one. It was a, a sad day <laughs> in, in the, the blogosphere. Well, I, don't, I still <laughs> blog on two other blogs. So um, you know, and which just, ones are those? Uh, buildabetterblog.com, and that's all about business blogging. And then my authority site, if you will, that's denisewakeman.com. So I kind of just transferred that over, um, and that's built on WordPress. So BizTips blog sort of evolved into denisewakeman.com, and I just realized I couldn't just be publishing content on three blogs all the time and keep them up to date. So I had to – something had to go. <laughs> right, yeah, finally it's it's too much. Well, let's talk about that transition because you got me started with TypePad, mm -hmm. and I was an overachiever that first year. I started ten blogs on oh TypePad because I said, well, you know, I'm a woman of diverse interests mm -hmm. and knowledge, and I just can't, you know, choose one or two things. That's not possible. And then I was almost insane and had to, <laughs> had to give that up. And, yeah, now everything I have is on WordPress. But what what was that transition like? Because WordPress, in my memory in the beginning, was just too technical for me to mm -hmm. do. So has that changed over time? Is that why we're all on WordPress? Well, I don't think that's actually changed that much. I still think that WordPress is a little bit more complex to figure out because, um, uh, you know, if you really want to customize a template, you've got to know what you're doing in terms yeah. of design and and coding. You can do – there's plenty of plug-and-play templates, and so I think that's why people think it's easier. But there's so many options for customization that, you know, unless you're – a you know, a really active experimenter or you uh, have design and coding capabilities, I think that it is still a little bit more more challenging. I do not do my own d blog design anymore. I have somebody do it for me. I will tell them what I want and I understand how to make it work, but I don't do it anymore because when it comes to the back-end um, customization. I just I don't know PHP and XML and all that stuff, and I don't want to learn it. 
you know, there's <laughs> I've reached my limit <laughs> on that stuff. Yeah, and I agree with you 100%. You know, I only do just the superficial things for mm-hmm. my sites. And then I have somebody that works by the hour or by the project who does that because right. I don't work in that capacity any longer. Right. And, you know, in the beginning, early days when I was on TypePad, and again, uh, Build a Better Blog is still on TypePad, and I, there's just so much content there I'm not interested in, in moving it. But, um, you know, I, people came to me and I helped them set up blogs on TypePad because it was a little bit more, it was easier as a kind of a plug-and-play um, uh, system, I think, uh, but there's also it's harder to customize or not harder, but but it's not as um, there's not as many options for customization on a TypePad blog. And again, unless you're like deep into code and <laughs> and that yeah. sort of thing. So you know, for people starting out, sometimes I recommend that they just go on to TypePad because there are a lot of options, you know, business-wise, but you don't have to get overwhelmed by it, and it's it's easier to do. For WordPress, I mean the the um, the customization possibilities with all the plugins and widgets are just endless. And my problem is that I like to try everything. <laughs> when I hear about something, some new widget that'll make things easier, faster, better, you know, I always like to try it. But sometimes I get myself in trouble, and so I just say, "Okay, tech team." Would you do this for me? And uh, you know, if it doesn't work, then I uninstall it. I I know what you mean. I have I have a couple of test blogs that I add things to, and sometimes mm-hmm. I look at them and wonder what I was what I was thinking when I when I added things. Well, Denise, let's let's talk about visibility because this okay. is also an area that you're a real leader in. And when you started being known for helping people with online visibility, I know I jumped right on with training with you and wanted to learn more and. What does that really entail, and how does the blog kind of seamlessly fit with visibility? Well, the reason that I evolved in that direction is because I realized, you know, after a couple of years that the a blog is really just one piece of your presence on the web, and creating visibility on the web is about being findable by your ideal client. And while a blog is, in my opinion, the the foundation of that, it's not the end of, of the visibility equation. You really need to be visible everywhere your ideal client is hanging out. And they may not know about your blog yet. And even though it's the best place, and I strongly recommend that you start with a blog because that is your real estate that you own and control on the web uh, versus social networking sites like Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, you know, Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera, um, you don't own those sites. You are subject to their terms and conditions, and they can, you know, delete your account. They can be hacked. They can be yeah. sold and and disappear. So you don't want to put all your eggs in those baskets, if you will. You know, to be mixing my metaphors like crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, but you want to be active on those sites. And in my opinion, those sites are the place where you have your chats and conversations and create visibility and visibility and awareness by being active and and connecting with people and sharing great content but then the bottom line is bringing them back home 
to your blog where they go deeper and more intimate with you, where you can take the opportunity to move them onto your database by offering them free reports or videos or webinars, white papers, etc. And that's where you move them into that space and then convert them to clients and uh, or buyers or customers, whatever you call them, patients if you're you know, a chiropractor, whatever. But um, visibility is about having a presence on multiple platforms across the web so that you are found when someone searches not only just for you, but because they may not know about you, but searches for this you know, to solve a problem they have that you that you solve, that you provide the solution for. So it's about also having a consistent image as well as a consistent message. So you want to make sure that across the board on all your networks where you are active, um, that you are presenting a very, very consistent um, message so when somebody sees you on LinkedIn or they see you on Facebook or they see you on Twitter, there's no doubt in their mind what you do, who you serve, and that if they want to know more, they can easily get a link to your website where they're going to get everything they ever wanted to know about you. And that website is a blogging platform. Okay, I understand that. How, you know, and I love how you have done that because I've seen you on so many different sites and you have groups on LinkedIn and mm-hmm. we always know immediately that it's you, that that branding is, is so loud and, and clear. So I, you know, I love that idea. What about keywords? Are you using the same keyword phrases throughout and across? Pretty much, pretty much. Um, you know, there's... Things that I want to be found on are business blogging, online visibility, visibility on the web. So I use those words fairly consistently, those phrases fairly consistently in my blog posts first because that's where I first build my content. And then I spread my content you know, to the other platforms by either syndication or manually um, sharing sharing content. So I want to look at uh, using keywords in my blog post titles because those are the that's the first line. Those are the first that's the first thing that gets spread out, you know, when I share that content, when I post a link on Facebook, you know, it needs to be compelling enough that people will want to click through, but it also has to tell the story of what um of what I'm going to be be providing for them when they do click through. So, uh, for example, on denisewakeman.com, which is my where I really focus on online visibility, and of course that's a pretty big umbrella, so I can really, it's social marketing and then how blogging fits into that. So I can talk about Facebook and I can talk about Twitter and I can talk about social marketing and list building and how that uh, relates to building your visibility on the web. So I try to bring all those topics back to building your presence, building visibility. So I might talk about, you know, building your list to build your visibility, you know, (laughs) or, um, you know, posting on your blog or using Facebook pages to build your visibility. And right before we got on on the phone, I was just finishing up a blog post about the new Facebook timeline uh, images for Facebook pages. Now, you know, on the surface, I'm not saying, you know, that that's about 
building visibility, that's not in the title, but I do relate it to that, that you have to have that consistent image. And I talk about how I did it and how you can do it too. So, so I try to keep bringing it back to the same message. Okay, excellent. Well, how do you see everything evolving? Because there have been just so many changes just you know, since I've been online and, and have known you. Mm-hmm. What do you foresee for the next year or two if you know, there's just so much noise out there and so many more people doing things on the Internet? Mm-hmm. What, what are your predictions? <laughs> oh, I'm not a big one on predictions, but um, I think well, Trends, that, maybe. Pardon? Trends, maybe. Yeah. Well, you know, a couple of trends that I've been watching and seeing evolve are, um, well, one big one is content curation because there are so many people creating content, and sometimes that seems overwhelming, like I have to keep up with this and keep creating new content. Well, one thing that you can do to take the the pressure off a little bit is curate content, and that means being a filter for your community. And I see a lot of people doing this now. So, for example, a blog post that includes links to other blog posts, that is a form of curation. So... Going back as an example to this post I just published about Facebook um, timelines. Well, there have been so many uh, great articles about what the new timeline means for Facebook pages and what it means for marketing your business. Well, I would just be reinventing the wheel if I talked about it. So I said, you know, I have found, you know, six great articles for you to read instead of 80,000 articles. Here's six that I've personally selected for you. So I'm curating the content for my community. Okay, so you're being um, like a reporter and a publisher. Right. I'm being a filter. I like to look at it as being a filter. I have curated this content. I read a lot of content. And some is good and some is, you know, so-so. So I have personally selected. It's like a museum curator Um, who puts together an exhibition, they find the best paintings to reflect the uh, lessons or message that they want to convey in the exhibition. They don't put every single image in or painting or sculpture into an exhibition about um, like landscape in Northern California, let's say. They find the best examples to share with you so that you learn about that. It's exactly the same thing on the web, and more and more people are doing this. They're putting they're curating content for their community. And this is, this is big because you, you, anyone can do this too, and you are providing a service to the people who follow you because there is so much. We're overwhelmed with the amount of information that is being published on the web, all the videos, the status updates, the the you know new tools like Pinterest you know like, ah what do I do so <laughs> your community trusts you to bring them the best of the best and that's what content curation is and I see that's a huge trend okay I think I finally understand it now because I now I'm thinking of museum curators mm-hmm. and so I I really understand that idea all right well thank you so much for spending this time with us Denise you know I I believe that you are the go-to person for blogging, visibility, just all things new. You also write for the Social Media Examiner. Mm -hmm. been doing that for for a while. And anything new on the horizon for you that you want to share with us? 
Um, I am working on a project, but I can't reveal it right Ooh, now. Okay, even more <laughs> mysterious, and we kind of like that a lot better. <laughs> but I do. I will say that it involves um, digital publication ah, and okay. um, you know expanding your reach that way, and um, and creating even more visibility for for your you and your business. Excellent, excellent. Well, we're going to look forward to hearing more about that in the future. All right, what is the very best place for listeners to find you and join your community? The best place to find me is denisewakeman.com, and then there are links there that will connect me to my Facebook page where I'm happy to answer questions at any time about business blogging and online visibility, and there's also a link to my LinkedIn group, which is Online Visibility Boost for Entrepreneurs, and that's a very active, fun group. I mean, people are getting tons of exposure and um, helping each other out there and making connections and joint ventures. So um, those are two of the best places um, to find me, and you can get all those links at denisewakeman.com. Okay, wonderful. Well, thanks again, Denise, and we'll be seeing you everywhere. (laughs) That's right, and thank you, Connie, for... uh, inviting me to speak with you today. It's great to reconnect with you. It's been a You're while. You're welcome. I've been speaking with Denise Wakeman. This is Connie Reagan-Green from Huge Profits, Tiny List. Be sure to subscribe to hear all of our podcast interviews.